Israel is blamed for a rocket attack in Gaza that turns out to be a rocket from the terrorist group Islamic Jihad that fell short. Prime Minister Bibi Netanyahu must destroy Hamas to protect his political fortunes. Will the Gaza war expand to Lebanon? And also an update on the war in Ukraine. Welcome to Inside Israel News, your home for unbiased and thorough analysis of Israeli news politics, current events in the Middle East, and world news. Or as the internet trolls say, mouthpiece of the Zionist conspiracy, spokesman for the elders of Zion, highly paid propagandist of the Mossad. Yeah, no. This is Inside Israel News. I'm your host, Isaac Kite. My friends, it would be the understatement of the century to tell you that it has been a very, very difficult past week or so. It has been uh, certainly one of the hardest times of my life and an unbelievable series of events. We have seen the largest number of Jews killed in a single day since the Holocaust, literally since 1945. We have seen horrors unimaginable horrors. We have videos of terrorists shooting little girls hiding under desks, of chopping off foreign workers' heads. We have videos of women being dragged around trucks, uh, paraded around with blood and feces on their pants, indicating prior abuse, while uh, men around them shout Allahu Akbar and celebrate. We have seen the the gruesome images of parents and children tied up with metal wire and burned together, burned alive together. This is the the barbarism of the animals of Hamas. And I know I'm always against dehumanization, but these people have dehumanized themselves. This is the barbarism. These are the horrors that we have seen from this terrorist organization. This evil, which has reached out of the dark, surprised us, and sucker punched us and given us a a horrible, horrible injury. The most serious injury the Jewish people have faced in a very, very long time. Their target was civilians. We have handbooks that show that they they had instructions on how to torture, on how to take hostages, on on whom to kill, how to murder in, in these horrible ways. This was very deliberate. And then, so, so that's the first horror. That's the first side of it for Jews. The second horror, and this is, this is the next part of it, are the lies. Of course, now here on our college campuses, right here in the United States of America, where everyone should be free, where all people should live in peace and equality, where everyone should be civil, in the, the civilized Western society that we are, and we are not safe here. Here we have activists on college out shouting that, that uh, no, no, the murder of babies, it's, it's a lie. It's all Israeli lies. None of it's true, right? It was all soldiers that they attacked. Really? Then, then why do we have videos from the Hamas telegram channel celebrating these things? They, they don't look like Israeli soldiers who are running around, you know, shouting Allahu Akbar in downtown Gaza City in the Rimal neighborhood, right, where the Hamas district is, dragging women around by the hair, okay? This is real. This actually happened. In, you know, in the fantasy world of, of college kids and these Marxist fruitcakes, um, I don't know what goes on. Uh, when, when you're nuts and you're deluded, self-deluded, then uh, you know, you'll believe whatever. 
but now uh, Jews aren't even safe here. You know, how can Jewish students be safe on campus while people are running around tearing down pictures of the uh, hostages? If, if people are out at these uh, events on campus shouting, slaughter the Jews in Arabic, uh, supporting Hamas, supporting the, the rape, torture, murder, and kidnapping of children. Okay, there are barbarians on our college campuses right here in the United States. And I'm telling you, wherever you live in this country, there is a university near you. Hamas is there. Hamas isn't in the Gaza Strip. I mean, they as an organization are. But the spirit of Hamas lives at a university in your town. The spirit of Hamas lives in universities all across Europe. The spirit of Hamas saw 50,000 people protest in London. I don't think the Nazis even had this kind of support globally. I don't think there were any demonstrations on their behalf. My friends, we have seen a great evil, and uh, we, are, we are staring it in the face, the, the horrors that have happened and the people that are supporting it. And that's all part of the, the, part of the plan here, is to intimidate Jews, to show that they can do this, and people around the world will just ignore it. It's only Jews. It's okay to murder Jewish babies uh, or Israelis or Israeli Arabs. Right. Uh, that, that's all cool. OK. But if anything happens in Gaza, if, if an, you know, a civilian is accidentally killed as a human shield. <laughs> so Israel gave the civilians in Gaza days to evacuate, told them retreat south of this line, gave them evacuation routes that Israel would not attack. And instead, Hamas has blocked those routes to prevent them from escaping. We, we have satellite footage of the, of the roadblocks. You can see them. They even set off an, uh, a car bomb that blew up on one of the roads to, uh, you know, prevent traffic from leaving. I mean, it, these people are horrible to their own people. And we've seen what they do to us, to the Jews of the world. No, the horrors continue. And the abuse of Jews all over the world continues. And I'm telling you, these people who, who are over here championing Hamas's cause, uh, they want to do the same thing. They, they want to tie people up and set fire to them. You know, not necessarily Jews, you. You are the one they want to kill, right? They want to take all of the quote-unquote privileged and successful people in America, not the white liberals. Those people are, are just, I mean, you know, negated communities. Those people are fine. But, you know, hardworking Americans, and in the suburbs and in middle-class America, they want to burn you. They want to murder your family, right? And they're just happy that Hamas has finally done it to someone because that's their fantasy. If they are given the power, they want to do that here. They want to steal everything you have and murder you. That's the nature of Marxism. And if you ask Marxists, they will tell you that's what they want to do. Not in so many words, but, you know, well, the dictatorship of the proletariat, you know, that's, that's what they want to do. And when they get an opportunity, when it's you know, Black Lives Matter, which has supported Hamas, right? they were out rioting, burning down businesses, killing business owners. They killed black business owners. They looted black businesses. They burned black homes to the ground. They don't care. They will kill anyone, destroy anything to achieve their end, just like Hamas. They're the same kind of barbarians, and now they've exposed themselves too. So we have to make sure right now, my friends, we have to see this evil. We have to see the full scope of it. The head of the snake is Hamas in Gaza. But there are all these terrorist organizations out there, Iran, that they're all in the body of the snake. But the tail reaches over here. 
right? The tail comes into our college classrooms. The tail comes into our public school classrooms. The tail comes all the way to our homes, to people who want to kill us and destroy us. Anti-Semitism is just the tip of the spear, my friends, uh, but it, it's still horrible. I mean, we have over 1,400 dead. We have so many wounded. Uh, the count at last I saw was close to 3,500 people injured. There are almost 200 people who are hostages, and there are more who are unaccounted for. They may be hostages. They may be dead. Uh, there was a, a young woman who was pregnant, she and her uh, boyfriend, fiancé, what have you, uh, they hid with a group of people and uh, they, they were recently located with geotracking. They were able to geolocate her phone and because of that they were able to find the bodies. Uh, none of them survived. Again, the, the, the horrific, the barbarism of Hamas. This is, this is what we're up against and they have supporters over here and it's horrifying. Uh, it, is, it is time for us to wake up. We've been slumbering, my friends. We have allowed the cancer, we've allowed the evil to grow here in the United States, right? You have a dozen members of the Congress that are supporting Hamas, members of the House of Representatives, no senators, thank God, but members of the House of Representatives, people who have been elected to our Congress are supporting Hamas. So... We, we need to wake up. We really need to pay attention. It's, it's scary. It's terrifying that we've allowed things to go this far. I have been saying for a long time, a number of other people have been trying to tell you for a long time that this was coming. But nobody wanted to hear it. It was easier to believe it wasn't true or to look the other way. We can look the other way no farther, no longer. We, we can't afford to. Right? There's that old saying from Germany, right? They, the first they came from the communists, but I didn't cry out because I wasn't a communist. And then they came for the Catholics. And I didn't cry out because I wasn't a Catholic. And then they came for the Jews. And I didn't cry out for I wasn't a Jew. And when they came for me, it was too late to cry out. Right? You have to stand up and protect everyone's rights. It's a mess out there, my friends. It is a mess. We have to stand up to this evil, and we need to put it in its place. We need to call these people out. I've been trying to do it on X, formerly Twitter. Uh, if you look up Inside Israel News, on my feed there, I have shared a number of things um, from the, the original videos of the horrors. If you are inclined, uh, I would say don't look away. Sometimes we need to see these horrible things. Uh, it, it, is, it is truly awful, the things. I mean, if you, if you look at these videos, you'll be scarred for life. I close my eyes. I'm telling you, I close my eyes and I see Shani Lauk on the back of a truck, her body you know, she's dead, mutilated and, and broken apart. Uh, you know, her bra taken off. She's in her underwear and, and she's face down in the picture. And, and they're shouting and celebrating around this. This is the kind of thing. You know, if there are people out there who claim to be for feminism and for women's rights, for gay rights, for, for freedom and, and, you know, social equality and all that kind of nonsense, that's not Hamas. Hamas has shown itself to be absolutely anti-woman, and I mean, they throw gay people off of buildings. So the less said, uh, the better. So the, the, the queers for Palestine uh, are useful idiots, because if they go visit you know, Hamastan, if they go to, to Gaza, they'll be thrown off a building. None of those people like them. <laughs> we'll put up with them. 
That's the, that's the nature of bigotry. It's the nature of evil. This next segment is going to be difficult. Um, listener discretion is advised. Uh, sensitive content. Uh, you may need to fast forward a couple minutes if, uh, if you're sensitive to these things. But as I've said before, don't, don't look away. Listen and hear. This is from an Israeli woman who has heard from a friend, right? And before I, I play the audio for you, I'm going to set the, the stage. Imagine that your son has been abducted, right? You've not heard from him for days, and you finally get a message from his phone. So listen, and uh, I'll discuss it after the audio. Someone sent me. I gotta tell you, a good friend of mine, her son was missing at the rave at the party. Today, she got a video from the terrorist murdering her kid and his girlfriend. He took the video in, his, in her son's phone and sent it to her through her son's phone. Just one more example of the kind of barbarism we're dealing with here. I, I don't even have words. Um, the evil we are dealing with here. For this and so many other atrocities committed, Hamas must be obliterated. Hamas delenda est, as Cato uh, used to say, Carthage must be destroyed. Hamas must be destroyed. And not just Hamas, the entire snake, the entire cancer. All of this barbarism, all of their supporters, it must all be driven from civilized society. That's, uh, I think that's all I can say about that in polite language. So yesterday we had the news of the supposed Gaza hospital attack. And as soon as I saw it, I knew something was wrong. Like, you know, first of all, Hamas put their headquarters in a hospital that, we, that Israel bombed years ago. The hospital was empty at the time it was bombed. And you can, if you watched the video as I did, you could see the secondary explosions from the weapons that were stored there. You know, when you drop a munition on something, for those who aren't familiar with military terminology, what have you, drop a bomb on something, you get one explosion. Bombs explode once, boom. If there are subsequent explosions, that's other things that are exploding, not the bomb. So when they bomb that hospital and you see they go boom and then ba-boom, boom, you know, two or more explosions that follow, that's munitions. Anyway, um, so I wasn't sure what, I, I, I wasn't sure, I was very suspicious. Accidents can happen in war, but I doubted it, right? Then we found out a little bit later that it was a, a rocket fired by Islamic Jihad. We can see the rocket. There are videos of it. You can see the rocket, and the rest of them are going up, and that rocket fell short. Curiously, those rockets were being fired at an Israeli hospital. Iron Dome defending the hospital, right? So people in the Israeli hospital had to take cover and go down to the, to the, the shelter uh, underneath the hospital, right, the bomb shelter, uh, to take cover and, and, you know, try to survive the, the rocket attack. Thankfully, we have air defenses against these rocket attacks. But instead, this rocket fell short, right? And it seems now that Hamas is trying to share that they had, uh, there was a parking lot. There's a crater in a parking lot that, that went off. That, that parking lot isn't a hospital. So, but they're claiming 500 dead. 
It took us days to figure out how many Israelis were killed. How do you just come up with a number? You just pull it out of your backside, you know, right out of my tukkas. 500 dead, oh my God, right? Uh, as further evidence, we have a phone conversation that was taped between terrorists talking about what happened and figuring out that this was actually a rocket that fell short. So we, we have plenty of evidence that Israel didn't do it, that it was them. Further evidence, Hamas has gone after Islamic Jihad to take their rockets away from them because they consider them irresponsible with their rockets. So, you know, now they're having a little terror civil war between terrorist groups because the, the you know, the Islamic Jihad. But as soon as it came out, Hamas said 500 people killed at a hospital all over the media. Uh, we had Rashida Tlaib, we had uh, Ilhan Omar, members of our own Congress sharing this nonsense. Uh, Tlaib shouted it again today during a protest in the Capitol. So she's clung to this lie. Hezbollah has declared a day of unprecedented rage. You know, every day is a day of rage. They're terrorists. I mean, when you're, when you're a terrorist, it's your job to rage, right? And, and be a barbarian. Uh, I mean, these people have no life. They, they don't, they, they aren't, you know, people like us who have aspirations and goals. They're, they only want to destroy. They get up every day wishing they could kill Jews. And they don't get to kill Jews because we can defend ourselves. So, you know, when Israel put out the story that 40 babies have been killed and some of them have been beheaded, we get all this BS pushback from the media. Is this confirmed? Are we sure? The, the only source is the Israeli Defense Forces. So the IDF took reporters out and showed them the corpses, right? And finally, we started to get some, oh, the White House says, oh, you know, we have verification, right? Hamas, right after the explosion, says, oh, the hospital was blown up, 500 people killed, and everyone believes them. What is that, my friends? What, what causes you to believe Hamas at the drop of a hat, but not believe Jewish accusations? The same thing that's been going on for years in Holocaust denial. We've had all these people out there, oh, the Jews faked the Holocaust. It was no Holocaust. It was, you know, da, 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 da. We've been hearing this BS. I'm, I'm so angry, my friends. It's hard to keep my language under control. I, as, a, as a former sailor, I would like to say what I really think, but I'm going to keep it clean here because I always prefer to use proper language here. But I'm, I, it's, it's infuriating, right? They made us prove, as Hamas was sharing videos of the horrors that they committed, you know, what's, what's cutting off the heads of infants to, to, you know, burning parents and children alive and shooting little girls under a desk, cutting off the heads of people and, and you know, throwing grenades at party goers, raping and torturing women, Right? What's one more atrocity? And yet, you know, Hamas was bragging about it. They were sharing it on their Telegram channel. Hey, look what we've done. Oh, my God. Allahu Akbar. Right? Celebrating, dancing in the streets. Right? They don't have to hide it because they know that they'll have all the anti-Semites in the West to lie about it. So we have learned very, you know, from a lot of people, it's okay to kill Jews. It's okay to be barbarians toward Jews. Right? We've, we've seen anti-Semitism in full swing. At this point, I, it's, it's out there. I mean, you know, the, the, the worst of it. Most of it in the U.S. today on the left. Uh, it's the college campuses. It's wokeness. It's not right-wing people. So if you identify with that way of thinking, think again. Start questioning some people. Maybe, maybe try to restore some humanity 
some decency, because they're basically engaged in Holocaust denial at this point, denying atrocities. You know, when it happens to Jews, it's not true, right? But uh, when, it, when it's not true and it happens to Arabs, when it, when it didn't actually happen, when you know, we don't know how many people may or may not have died, when it wasn't actually a hospital hit, when it was a rocket fired by a terrorist, uh, you know, yeah, 500 people killed, unprecedented day of rage. Because Jews are, you know, sniveling, conniving little trolls with horns on their heads who eat blood matzah and have secret space lasers. Of course they would lie. Of course they would cheat. And, and of course they would bomb hospitals. If you don't, if these people believe Israel is all the things that they believe it is, you know, they've convinced themselves in their heads that it's, it's I, I would say it's psychosis, it's psychotic. Imagine that it's psychotic for a minute for the, for the purpose of argument. But a psychotic person is psychotic because they are not capable of knowing reality. These are people who are otherwise sane, capable of knowing reality, who deliberately live in a delusion. They have decided that Israel is every evil thing that they think it is, and therefore it's okay when these things happen. And when Israel bombs a, uh, is, is a, accused of bombing a hospital, of course Israel would bomb a hospital. That confirms my bias. Right? It's exactly the same thing that used to happen with racism. Years ago, my dad, who marched with Dr. King in, uh, in Stockton, when the Reverend Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. came to Stockton area. Now, he didn't get to meet him. He was just a, we're just working class schmoes. We're lawnsmen. But he was out there protesting with the crowd and letting people know, adding his voice to them. He would tell me stories about how, you know, when, when you'd have these, these crimes committed, if a white man committed, people would always say, oh, no, wow, you know, I can't, I can't believe it, Joe. He was such a nice guy. How could he murder someone, right? And then if a black man killed someone, oh, yeah, those, those ends kill people, right? And he'd tell me about these stories. As a kid, you know, he was trying to teach me about racism and it's ev the evils that follow from it. And I didn't quite believe it. I mean, what, what frame of reference did I have, right, as a child? But I understood what he was trying to say and I believed it. And I have tried to keep an open mind my entire life and, and keep things objective. But when you look at these self-deluded people, there can only be one reason they convince themselves that Israel is all the things that it is. It's because they hate Jews, right? They want to see Jews die. They're happy, deep down inside, they're happy that all this happened. You know, now, if you, if you confront them with the, you know, well, uh, Israeli lies or whatever, but, you know, if you get past all of that, oh, yeah, it's, it's, oh, it's, it's, it's sad that these things happen, but what did you expect to happen? You locked him in an open-air prison. Well, what were we supposed to do? They're trying to kill us. Right? We gave them the Gaza Strip in 2005. We took all of the Jews who lived there, all of the Israelis, and moved them out and gave it to the Palestinians. And within two years, Hamas had taken the whole place over. They rounded up all of Fatah and the Palestinian uh, Authority leadership and killed them. They shot them and buried them in a mass grave, right? They took over. And they had been oppressing the, the, the Arabs there, you know, who generally support them, but, you know, they're under their control. In any case, uh, just... I mean, there was a survey conducted. People have been talking about, you know, the Palestinians, they don't all support Hamas. There was a survey conducted not a month ago that showed that Ismail Haniya, the, the head of Hamas, the, the chief villain, the chief snake, the, the, the master pig, the Schwein, he would have won uh, the presidential election if, if that survey reflects, you know, the, the presidential election. He would have won six... Six out of ten votes, 58% about, 
right? So 58% of Palestinians were ready to elect the head of Hamas. A vast and overwhelming majority would support armed conflict and very, very few support peace, right? We are living next to these people who want us dead. It's pure racism, as I've explained before. It's a racial supremacist agenda. The Arabs do not respect our right to live in the land. They don't want any Jews living in the land. The Jews are our dogs, they say, and they've been trying to fight this war ever since. A funny thing happened, Jews didn't die. They've been trying to kill us all for 100 years, but we won't die. We keep living, we keep defending ourselves. And for that crime, they continue to punish us. We continue to face these kinds of attacks. And while we tried to live in peace with them and partition the land and find some way to, to, to come to terms, they won't have it. They will not accept it. And they've been making war on us. And they keep losing. And because they keep losing, we keep gaining more territory. Right? So this is, this is the, the state of things. But these people here that I was talking about earlier, coming back to that point, they are so bigoted. They are so anti-Semitic. They hate Jews so much. They've convinced themselves that Israel, that everything evil under there, they're literally Nazis. And no fact that you can share, no actual reality that you can show them will convince them otherwise. I know people who have gone to Israel and given tours of, of the Palestinian territories. Of course, they show you what they want you to see, right? Uh, they're, they're people who've gone to Israel and come back and said, oh, Israel's not a democracy. <laughs> they asked them, well, where did you go? What did you see? Because I was there. I lived there for several years. And I didn't see any of that, right? Uh, but then, you know, I was looking with my eyes. I didn't have my Nazi glasses on. There are lots of people with Nazi armbands and glasses out there attacking Jews now. And tell them straight up, right? It's never too late. You can take off your swastika armband and join the civilized world anytime you like. Get over your bigotry. But because they believe that, they're more willing to believe. It is easier to convince them that Israel bombed a hospital and killed 500 people, which it didn't. And at this point, we don't have any evidence that a hospital's been bombed. Park, we got a big crater in a parking lot. Don't know what happened there, right? Uh, so we don't know what's happened. But we're, we're ready to believe that. But we need evidence. We need proof to, to confirm that babies were beheaded, even as Hamas is celebrating the rape, torture, and murder of children. This is, this is the world we live in, my friend. It's a world, my friends, it is a world gone mad. And I've been saying it for a number of episodes. Um, in a world of the insane, the sane man sounds crazy. So when I get back from the break, I'm going to talk a little bit about the charities that uh, you can contribute to to help uh, Israel. I'm going to talk a little bit about politics and the war in Ukraine. My friends, if you are interested in American history, political philosophy, uh, and life skills... Uh, I encourage you to go check out The Isaac Kite Show, my other podcast, where Lord Isaac, your Earl of Excellence, gives uh, interesting advice, talks about uh, history, uh, tells stories about uh, various American battles in American history. I've, I've also talked a lot about liberty and how uh, the concept of liberty developed and how America was founded. And I'll be continuing in that thread uh, in the future. So if you're interested in learning about that, go check out The Isaac Kite Show. It is available on Spotify. Not yet available on Apple Podcasts, uh, but you can, you can find it on Spotify and uh, you can check it out there. So I hope you will give it a listen. All right, as I've committed to since I began this show 
two years ago, over two years ago now. It's been a wonderful two years, and I, I thank you all for listening, and God, I wish I had happier content for you. But this is, these are the times we, we live in, and I am, I am grateful I've been able to bring the show to you because you can listen all the way back and hear my commentary over the years, but <clears throat> you can get an insight into Israel. You become an Israel insider. I wanted to use that as the name of the show, Israel Insider. Unfortunately, uh, it had been used elsewhere and I, I wasn't really available. So I made it Inside Israel. Now you become an Israel Insider. So even though I am a, an American conservative commentator, uh, one of the, you know, for the last, I don't know, 20, 25 years, one of the few conservative Jewish voices out there. There are a few others, obviously, but one of the few I've been. And now I'm able to bring you news commentary on events going on in Israel, and I do talk a little bit about American politics and uh, world events, as I will in a little bit here on Ukraine. But uh, I, you know, the main focus of the show has always been Israeli politics and Israeli news. Well, you've got the news; you've seen all the horrors. So, you know, you can you can go to Twitter or now X. Uh, yeah, everything with Elon Musk is X something or other. Um, so you can go there and you can follow the feed. I'm sharing news as, as it comes in. I'm keeping you up to date with heroic stories, stories of horror. Everything that you want to know is right there. And you can go back through back posts over the past week and see uh, all of it. It's, it's really horrible. It is, it is truly horrifying. horrifying. Anyway, but politics is politics and politics goes on. So uh, Bibi Netanyahu has arranged with Benny Gantz, an opposition leader, uh, to bring Benny Gantz and his party into the coalition. That creates a unity government. I described the, the details in the last episode, episode 102. You can go back and listen to more of the details about Israel's system. I'm not going to repeat again. I know there are a lot of new listeners coming all the time, especially during this crisis, but <clears throat> you can get more information there about the Israeli political system and the first 15 episodes of the show, if you go all the way back to the beginning, uh, were done just as an election had been called, uh, the, the second to last of the five elections. So I covered the last two elections during the, the time on the show. But anyway, episodes 1 through 15 go over in depth uh, all of that, uh, the political system in Israel. And of course, uh, there have been bonus episodes describing different things since then uh, as well. Okay. So in, in the Israeli political system, uh, one of the opposition parties, uh, led by Benny Gantz, has joined the government. And so now we have a, a government that is Yoav Gallant, we have as defense minister, Benny Gantz, who's a former defense minister, and uh, Eisenkot. And these three men are the war cabinet. They are managing the war effort uh, under Bibi Netanyahu's direction. But basically, I don't want to say Bibi himself has handed off authority, but he has created this war cabinet of experts, of generals and former chiefs of staff and the defense minister, uh, you know, people who are military experts in Israel, political, uh, obviously Benny Gantz is a politician, but he's also, uh, you know, uh, a soldier, former Air Force uh, soldier. So he is, you know, leading, helping to lead the war effort. So those three are, are largely directing the war effort, and that's very good for Bibi. After all the crisis is over, six months from now, there's going to be, you know, an accounting. There are going to be questions, difficult questions, about intelligence failures, about security failures. There are going to be a lot of difficult answers for Bibi himself and for his government. This is true. For now, we have a war to fight. 
And personally, I'm grateful it's Bibi Netanyahu leading the government because I'm confident that he will fight it. He has been good at providing security in Israel uh, all the way through. So uh, that's been one of his strong points, security and prosperity. This has been a major blow to security, right? So this is a problem. There are going to be some difficult answers. Uh, if Bibi is going to survive politically, his survival is now tied to the destruction of Hamas. First, his far-right allies, the Religious Zionist Party, which I described last time, who are uh, the most right-wing party that's been in the government. Uh, again, I've described all this before, so I'm not going to go over it again. Uh, people like Itamar Ben-Gavir have been pushing very hard that Hamas should be destroyed for many years. Now, absolutely, Hamas must be destroyed. Hamas de est. It's, it's happening. It has to happen. Hamas must be destroyed. Uh, and I've been saying it all over X, you know, Hamas must be obliterated as I share, you know, the horrors that uh, have taken place and argue with anti-Semites, which is mind-numbing because people are so stupid. In any case, um, so that's, that's one of the most important things for Bibi right now. If he does not destroy Hamas, people on the far right will say that he failed to provide security, and people on the left will say he could have done better, and they will profit from it as well. They'll say, well, we would have done something differently. It's easy when you're out of power to say, I would have done something differently, right? Uh, obviously, he has to uh, secure this victory. The next question that's going to come up is the question of Lebanon and Hezbollah. Hezbollah is another terrorist organization, also Iran-backed, they're in southern Lebanon among the Shiite population there, uh, along with another terrorist organization called Amal. There's several of these. They're, again, as I've described, they're all different heads of the same chimera, right? The same beast. They, you know, you chop off one head and another head grows in its place. It's difficult to, you know, you have to know what the beast is. This, this Islamo-fascist militant agenda, you know, political Islam, that's the... That's the beast. That you have to defeat. And even the Arabs aren't on board with that. I mean, you've seen Bahrain and the UAE make peace with Israel. Right? If Israel was all the Nazi things that these left-wing twerps think it is, they wouldn't have made peace with them. They wouldn't have normalized relations. And while they're not exactly being especially supportive of Israel's goals, they're not being op opposed either. Right? They're, they're walking a tightrope to a certain degree with their own domestic populations, but at the same time, uh, you know, they're... They're making this, uh, uh, making this alliance, if you will, this normalization work because Iran is the greater threat. And that's the other part of the beast. That's kind of the body of the beast at this point. You've got Sunni terrorist groups like Al-Qaeda, ISIS, these kinds of guys. And again, they're part of the beast. But for the most part, these days, the financing, the organization, the planning, it's all coming from Iran. Well, Hezbollah, you know, we've seen them firing rockets in small numbers, mortars, anti-tank missiles, making small incursions. They've <clears throat> managed to kill at least one person and injure an Israeli soldier. So we are going to have to, you know, Israel's going to have to be very watchful on the northern border. The main reason that the uh, Gerald Ford aircraft carrier and now uh, the USS Eisenhower is on its way out there as well the main reason those aircraft carriers are going to be in the Mediterranean is uh, to deter that kind of expansion of the conflict. While uh, Hezbollah is a terrorist organization with rockets and what have you, Syria, <clears throat> which has worked with Hezbollah to annihilate its own people, to murder two or 300,000 Syrians who are rising up against Bashar al-Assad's government, 
you know, you had the help of Iran, Hezbollah, and uh, Russia, <laughs> all the good guys in the world, all the best people, right, um, to fight there. Well, Syria has some serious military hardware, and if they tried to employ it, it would Israel could defeat them, obviously, uh, but combined with Hezbollah and Hamas, this could be a problem. Well, the U.S. is there, and we've bombed Syria before, and we're making it very clear that we will not tolerate escalation, right? We're also letting Iran know. Iran is trying to claim that if Israel invades Gaza and, and defeats Hamas, that, that Iran will intervene. Unfortunately, and a fear that I have in the back of my mind, if, if I were the Iranians, and you know, it's hard to think like these psycho barbarians, but you know, if I were the Iranian mullahs who rule their country, remember that Iranian people, most of them, uh, or a good number of them, I, I don't know if I want to say a majority, but a large number of Iranians don't support the government. But the Iranian government, if they had a nuclear weapon, if they had an atomic bomb, and they were intent upon using it, this is the kind of scenario they would create. You know, Hamas would do something horrible like they've done. Israel would go to defend itself, and then they would try to claim, oh, oh we had to do it to protect the Palestinians, right? Uh, they don't have a delivery system right now. They do have ballistic missiles they've been working on. Israel has the arrow missile system to, that can shoot them down along with, uh, you know, Iron Dome isn't designed for that sort of thing, along with Patriot and some other uh, air defense systems. But the point is, you know, the, the delivery would be difficult. But, you know, they could, they could try, unfortunately. You know, these, these are people that are, you know, they, they're bloody-minded. They just want to kill and destroy. They don't care how. So Iran needs to be watched. And so that is a deterrent against Syria and Iran. Uh, but Hezbollah may go ahead and, and, and get into this. Uh, once Hamas has been destroyed, personally, I'd like to see Israel go after Hezbollah as well. After this horror, Israelis deserve to live in security, right? We don't, we don't deserve to live worried about terrorist attacks. So whatever needs to happen, whatever security barriers we need to build, if we need to build a wall 50 feet high, around the pallies and have little gates and so food can come in. I mean, this is why we have Gaza walled off like it is with a security barrier around it, because they keep attacking. They keep trying to murder our children. Uh, and, you know, these people, you know, well, what did you expect to happen? You were in an open-air prison. It's not an open-air prison. It's an open-air terrorist camp, training camp, terrorist training camp. And it's that reason, that is the reason that it is, you know, we don't have security. The reason is Israel is not the horrible country that everybody says it is. Because if we were, we'd have annihilated these people a long time ago. If, if there were a group of people like this, like the Palestinians attacking China or Russia or Britain, for that matter, they'd have been annihilated a long time ago. You know, I mean, you know, don't, don't, if we, if we use World War II as a precedent, you know, and, and look at what the Allies did in World War II, uh, people keep talking about, oh, there has to be a proportional response. Compare Pearl Harbor to Hiroshima, right? Uh, compare the invasion of Poland to Dresden, right? The, the proportionality here is pretty clear. Israel has the right to do whatever it needs to do to annihilate Hamas. And we're doing everything, they're doing everything they can to prevent civilian casualties. So anyway, Hezbollah may be next. They're agitating. They deserve it. They should be annihilated too. Uh, you know, Hezbollah, Delenda Est. But... We're going to have to take our time to get to that one. I hope it'll be sooner than later. I'd say we just need to go do this. In 2006, when they both attacked with rockets, it was the time to go after them then. But, you know, we dallied and we dawdled. And then again in 2009, and we dawdled and again and again and again and again. 
until this happened. You know, they're going to continue to try to murder us until we destroy them. So quickly, um, what would Gaza look like after Hamas? Unfortunately, getting rid of Hamas in Gaza basically means turning Gaza back over to Fatah, to the Palestinian Authority, uh, which is, you know, the former PLO. It's run by Mahmoud Abbas, who was elected in 2005 to a four-year presidential term and is still serving, you know, year 18 of his uh, four-year term. Uh, if he held an election, he would be ousted very easily. The polls show that they'd elect any terrorist but him. <laughs> like he's, the, he's the one terrorist in, in, in the Pal- among the Palestinians who's unpopular, right? Because he isn't killing Israelis, because he isn't uh, engaged in violent resistance. He's, you know, he's the, the kinder, gentler terrorist who wants to wait it out and, and you know, whatever. He, he's a tyrant who lives in comfort and, you know, lavish comfort and uh, in, in very uh, posh, a nice house with a big pool and what have you on a hill overlooking Ramallah. He's, he's got it all. You know, he's, he's the classic dictator uh, while his people, you know, live as they live. Which, you know, Palestinians live better than everybody thinks they do, but they could live a lot better if they give up this genocidal war and make peace. You know, they could, you know we, we had talked about giving them a state of their own. That idea is dead now. You know, the Palestinians over, overwhelmingly oppose the two-state solution. And after what just happened in Israel, I mean, how can you create a, a state on this kind of terrorism, right? You know, we, we, <laughs> that'd be like saying, you know, in, in 1945, okay, we've defeated, you know, Hitler. Now we have to create a Nazi state in West Germany. You have to what? <laughs> we just defeated these people. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah they, the Nazis have to have a state of their own in, in East, you know, West Germany. Somewhere, you know, the Nazis have to keep having a state of their own. No, they don't. They should be obliterated. Anyway. So it means giving them over to the corrupt Palestinian Authority government. Uh, it's, it's really unfortunate when you say that that would be better than living under Hamas, but it would. It would be better than living under Hamas. And they would uh, maintain brutal authority uh, and uh, focus more on beating up their own people than on uh, attacking Israel. So I want to say it's, it's an improvement, if anything, but only a minor one. Uh, you know, there, there's no freedom. You know, how do you convince a bunch of people who, are, who, who have this agenda of genocide to give up that agenda and try to find another way to live? It'd be wonderful if that were possible. All right, uh, take another pause here, and after the break, I will come back and talk about Ukraine. So long before uh, Hamas made this particular incursion in Israel and began raping and murdering children, Russian soldiers were raping and murdering children in Ukraine. Uh, the, the, you know, I, I tried to think morally, what is the difference between the Russian soldiers and their conduct and Hamas? It's kind of splitting hairs at this point. Uh, evil is evil, and, and you know, mass murder is mass murder. Genocide is genocide. So uh, we've had a lot of the same horror stories out of Ukraine. Uh, just, you know, the, the same thing, lining people up, shooting people, killing men, women, and children, rape, torture, you know, all over the place. It's uh, more plausible than anything else because that's how the Russian army fights. That's how it fought in World War II. That's how it fought in Afghanistan. That's how they're fighting now. So uh, it's not a surprise. Uh, in any case, uh, evil is evil. 
right away as all this started to happen in Israel. We got this silly false report that Ukraine had been selling weapons to the Palestinians. The Russian propagandists are pros. I've told you that several times. They'll convince you that, that Putin's fighting against the LGBTQ agenda. He's on a Christian crusade for justice. Raping and murdering children, that's, that's a real Christian way to pursue justice and oppose LGBTQ. And as I've told you, I, mean, I don't want anyone to die. I don't want any of these, these twerps in the colleges, you know, their green hair and their whatever, and their trans agenda. You know, we should try to, you know, out of love and, and conviction, bring them back to sanity. Get them away from this Marxism. Okay? You be whatever you want to be. Stop trying to hurt other people. Stop believing lies. Anyway, we don't kill people because they're part of an agenda. Not okay. That doesn't justify mass murder. Nothing does. And, you know... We've, we've seen the breakdown of morality. We've also seen people in America making excuses. I've literally heard people, uh, you know, people that I had been friends with up to that point, quote, Russian propaganda back to me, obviously false Russian propaganda back to me. Needless to say, those people are no longer my friends. I will not associate with people who justify mass murder, whether it's Hamas, whether it's, you know, Russia. I mean, my friends, evil is evil. All right. Before World War II, the Nazis were evil, the Japanese Empire was evil, Mussolini's regime was evil. These were bad people. Stalin was evil. There were no good guys. Now, the U.S. was ultimately, because of circumstances, able to use Stalin to fight Hitler and, and save a lot of American lives. Granted. But the fact is, evil is evil. And you have to call a spade a spade. It is evil. So right away, the Russian propagandists jump on, Ukraine's only in the weapons. Yes, Hamas had U.S. weapons. We left $85 billion worth of military equipment in, in Afghanistan when the Biden administration ran away. Just got up and left, right? Planes took off from the airfield and pff, gone. 13 uh, Marines were killed because we couldn't bother to, to provide adequate defense for the airfield. Anyway, um, these last few years, my friends, this... This administration, it's been so backwards. Um, anyway, get back on point here about Ukraine. Uh, so there's been a Russian counteroffensive, uh, ongoing offensive in Avdivka near Mahmoud, and uh, the Russians are losing a lot of equipment there. We've verified kills of several tanks and armored vehicles. Uh, so the Russians attempt to break through there and draw Ukrainian forces away from their counteroffensive and other places, for example, uh, down in Zaporizhia and uh, in the Donbass and headed toward the Black Sea, those counteroffensives continue to make slow progress. And people keep saying, you know, well, they're only making slow progress. Are they really winning the war? You have to be careful, right? The, the goals of, of a war are not just to gain territory. They are also to defeat the enemy military, right? The, the offensive that ended the First World War, the offensive at Merzagon, was an offensive that in two major pushes, gained 16 kilometers of territory, 10 miles, right? Americans fought and lost 100,000 men gaining 10 miles. But you know what? They killed a lot of Germans. A lot of Germans surrendered, showing low morale in the German army, and the German high command, that's Ludendorff and Hindenburg at the time, could not stop it. The next offensive that was going to happen after that, they couldn't stop. There was nothing they could do to hold back the American army and the French and the British in coordination. Therefore, they had lost the war. Well, Russia's lost this war. It lost this war a long time ago when they couldn't take Kiev. Um, 
they've tried to remake the war and, and bring it to the south and the east of the country, and they continue to lose. And Ukraine continues to make the slow liberation of its territory. Uh, we've also seen the Russians use weapons of mass destruction like the uh, Novokhovka Dam, which they blew up and flooded an area, killing hundreds of people, including on the Russia side of the river. Anyway, so uh, we've, seen, we've seen the horrors there. So far, Ukraine is holding its own and they're doing okay, but we're talking about attackums now, we're talking about different weapon systems that they haven't been able to use, they don't get F-16s. Um, there, there just isn't, the, the Ukrainians have enough military equipment to keep fighting and make slow progress, but not to win. And so you begin to wonder, well, why aren't we winning? Uh, and I, I shared before all of this horror happened in Israel a video from uh, on the Facebook page uh, from uh, the Telegraph podcast Ukraine the latest, which is a really good podcast for for being you know a media outlet any media outlet. Uh, I feel bad for the Telegraph; they can't get any major American politicians to interview on there. So, for example, on the right wing, they end up constantly interviewing these losers, these never Trumpers, Mitt Romney, you know, people like that who, who are, you know, have no support, no public support, and, and everyone despises them. <laughs> people who can't get elected anywhere at any time for any reason, you know, complete losers. Uh, but those are the only people. Up. Finally, they got someone on there, um, Victoria Coates from the, at the Heritage Foundation, who used to be on Trump's National Security Council, and uh, she gave a great interview. So I shared that. And she made a very valid point that I've been trying to make and that a lot of people are trying to make about Biden, the Biden administration uh, in uh, fighting this war. First of all, I want to say, for me, that this tribalism that, you know, Biden bad, just because he is a bad president does not mean everything he does is wrong, right? He could be doing the right thing in the wrong way, and he could be doing... You know, this kind of thing. So they are on the right side. Ukraine is on the right side. Just because Biden is, is for Ukraine and the Democrats generally support Ukraine does not mean Republicans should not. However, as Victoria Coates is making a point, uh, Republicans don't fight like fighting wars this way by proxy. Um, you know, this lead from behind, right? We, we just keep giving money, right? But never the weapons needed to win. And so there was a great, uh, I, I really like this uh, Kings and Generals series. It's a great game, gaming system my kids like to play on. But they put out uh, some really awesome videos describing the geopolitical situation and uh, military, you know, going over the military situation. Uh, really, really good. So I highly recommend Kings and Generals. Go to YouTube, find their channel. They have lots of good information for you there. Uh, one of their episodes was, Does the U.S. Want Ukraine to Win? And they're making the point that, if you analyze U.S. policy, it looks like the U.S. just wants to keep the war going and keep Russia busy, right? Because Russia is slowly circling the drain. They're going to circle the drain whether they lose this war, you know, any which way, right? Whether they continue the war, lose the war, give up, they can't win it. So, you know, they're going to they're going to keep circling the drain. Uh, but if you look at the Biden administration's behavior, they just keep throwing money at it, but never the weapons needed to end it. It looks a lot like they're just keeping it going, right? To a certain degree, there is a value to that for the U.S. as a, a strategic value, uh, but there's a, a huge, massive human cost, and it is distinctly the wrong policy. So Victoria Coates called out the president bad policy making. Not only if we're, I mean, if we're going to give aid, it should be for a specific purpose to achieve a specific end. So for example, the U.S. gives military aid to Israel, 
most of which is spent here in the U.S. with our defense contractors buying equipment, uniforms, guns, tanks, planes, and what have you for Israel, right? And it's just, it's our stuff just being used by Israel. And the people that Israel is fighting, Hamas, Hezbollah, Iran, are our enemies, people who would rather be killing us, right? When, once, once they've killed the Jews, the next people are coming after are America. So Israel is keeping a whole bunch of enemies pinned down and, and off our porch, off our lawn, right? So it's, it's good bang for our buck. The, as I've argued, the uh, $40 billion we've sent to Ukraine so far is the best spent defense money we've spent in years because it's actually literally neutralizing a major foe. And I'm going to describe in a future episode the cost savings that we could have. I mean, just imagine what would happen if we only had to have nine aircraft carriers instead of 12. These, these, these 20, you know, 13, 14 billion dollar monstrosities, and I, I was going to say 20, they cost a lot of money to operate. So it's not long before they start costing tens of billions of dollars. Uh, you know, so they're expensive. But we can have a lot fewer of them out there once Russia is neutralized. And China's economic situation, uh, you know, as I've talked about Peter Zion, and, and he's talking about how the, uh, you know, the Russian economy is, is headed for collapse, you know, that kind of thing. It's happening. Okay? So they're circling the drain. So our two biggest enemies in the world are about to go away. And if we work together with Israel and really put the screws to Iran on, on sanctions, which is the next thing the U.S. needs to do, and so, you know, push, you know, ask your congressman about sanctions. We need tougher sanctions than have ever on Iran than have ever existed in the past. We need to tighten the, the belt, tighten the screws, really, you know, nail them down. We could live in a world without bad guys if we wanted to. Okay, because most of the bad guys are on the, on the cliff's edge, right? They're just about to fall. <clears throat> but we have to show strength. This weakness, this you know, running away from Afghanistan, this you know, this this having no strategy, leading from behind, this kind of thing. This doesn't win wars, all right. So, if the Biden administration, as as Victoria Coates was saying, if the Biden administration wants Republican support for Ukraine, they need to come convince us that the money that is going to be spent is going to be valuable, that it is going to achieve an end. How is Ukraine going to win the war? Show us that, right? And that's not difficult to do, right? The tanks that we had could have helped them very early on. Uh, there are a lot of munitions and things we need to deter China for the next five to 10 years, okay? The M1 Abrams tank is not one of them. We could send 1,000 tanks to Ukraine tomorrow. It would do no harm to the American national security situation. We could send them as many as we want. The British could get rid of all of their Challenger tanks. These tanks were all built to fight the Russians. This is the last time the Russians are going to be able to fight a war. Once they're defeated, they're never going to pose a threat to us ever again. At this point, Poland could take on Russia by itself, and they're a NATO member. So if you think about the American cost savings, you know, the, the, I'll, again, I'll go into this in a future episode, but you know, I was looking at it. There's you know, 250 to $300 billion we could save over the next 10 years from seeing Russia defeated in Ukraine. So let's get a plan together and let's see them defeated and their economy destroyed, okay? All right, I, I don't have a lot of time to talk about the international news because everything has been going on in Israel. Uh, I will keep on the emergency and the war here for the next few episodes, obviously, because big things are about to happen. Finally, I have had a lot of questions on uh, which charity to give to. People have been asking on uh, X, Twitter, Facebook, and other places. 
I've recently shared an article on both sites, on Facebook and X. Probably easier to find it on the Facebook page because I've shared less there. Uh, I have a lot of posts on X as I'm keeping people updated with the news and uh, events constantly. But there are many great charities in Israel. I've shared an article that lists out some of the best. Personally, um, you know, Friends of the Israeli Defense Forces, Magen David Adom, and uh, Karen Hayasod, I, I think are the best. Uh, Friends of the Israeli Defense Forces helps to provide for widows of uh, troops, helps provide college scholarships, does a lot of things that helps the Israeli troops. They don't have a, a Montgomery GI Bill in Israel, and they don't have a lot that they can do for widows and orphans. Uh, the government just can't afford all the services. So FIDF helps to do a lot of that for those families and uh, soldiers. Now, uh, Megan David Adom is basically the Red Cross in Israel. Uh, it's, it's Red Star of David is what it is. Uh, and they, uh, like the Red Cross, do a lot to provide medical care and help to people uh, who are suffering. Karen Hayasod is an organization that helps provide, uh, it helps victims of terror in a number of different ways. Uh, and that's just really important. You can go check out those charities and see what they do. Uh, if you're interested in giving, those I recommend. Uh, I also would like to note, uh, I have been you know, talking these past couple episodes, uh, Inside Israel News now has an Etsy store. You know, this show is produced by me, yours truly, your gregarious Vulcan. Uh, I don't, you know, you're mad genius, right? I, it's hard to do all the normal things I normally do on the show because everything's all um, crazy right now. Anyway, I produce this show myself. So under normal circumstances, when I get revenue in from marketing or uh, from uh, t-shirt sales, like I, I do at the Etsy store, I use it to for sound equipment, you know, compensate myself for a few of these things and, you know, reimburse. Anyway, buy more equipment, do marketing, that kind of thing. But for now, it's all going to charity. So whatever, uh, if you buy swag from the Inside Israel News Etsy store, you know, there's great t-shirts there that support Israel uh, and uh, some funny shirts for the for the show mugs travel bags uh, computer cases all kinds of phone cases anyway you can find all kinds of stuff on there um, and uh, all of the profits from that will be going to these charities that I just mentioned uh, do see the article where I listed off the charities so is so much going on but uh, I appreciate you listening and I'm always grateful for my listenership. I just make this show for you. I don't make any money off of it. It's not, uh, um, it's not a, big sh- a big shtick. I'm not a big macher. I'm a lonsman. I work for a living. And I just try to bring you guys the news when I can. Um, <clears throat> so please, go uh, hit up the store. Um, get some good t-shirts. They will contribute to these charities that I just mentioned and uh, help Israelis in this time of need. But you'll also be showing your support. With that, it's been another episode. Like I said, I wish you were happier times, but I want to make sure you guys stay informed and uh, up to date about what's going on in uh, Israel. So I will say with that, as always, goodbye. Lehitrot.
Shalom. 